Welcome back to another episode of Speaking of Gothic. And today, I need to talk about it. Can I talk about it? I'm going to talk about it. Candyman, 1992. I love this movie. Every time I watch this movie, I'm just impressed. It's great. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to dig into Candyman right now. All right, all right, all right. It's KL Williams again. Let's do this. Speaking of Gothic. All right, I mentioned in my very first podcast that I love the film Candyman. It was on my list of top 10 Gothic horror movies. So we're going to talk about Candyman and we're going to talk about the good and the bad. Uh, the film, just to remind you, was directed by Bernard Rose. It stars Tony Todd, Virginia Madsen, and Cassie Lemons. I think I should give you a little bit of backstory. Or let me say this. May I share a story with you? When Candyman came out in 1992, and this is going to mark me as old, of course, but uh, I had gotten out of the military, and my my first job when I started working, I worked as an usher in a movie theater here, and I loved that job, and I kind of found myself going back and forth to it at some point in time. I was a manager several different points, but this point in time, I'd gotten out of the military, and I was looking for something to do just kind of part-time, and I became a projectionist at the movie theater. So as a projectionist, I'm, and this is before the days of digital projectors. So it was actual film and we had to put it on a, a reel and these platters. And it was a great job. I mean, I loved it. And there was two seminal movies for me that were there were showing when I worked as a projectionist. One was Candyman. And the other was Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I saw in 70 millimeter in all its glory. And it was beautiful. I just have to say, if you've never seen that one, 70 millimeter, uh, it was a treat. But anyway, so I worked at the movie theater as projectionist when Candyman came out. So maybe that's why I have, maybe I have an emotional attachment to it. But jumping back to Candyman. So that was a crazy movie to watch because I don't know, you, you may not realize this, but if you've ever worked in a movie theater, those of you who've done this, you you know what I'm talking about, specifically for the projectionist. But you go up to usually up some stairs to the projection booth, and you're walking around. You see the projectors, even if they're digital now, but they weren't digital back then. It was actual film, and you'd walk along these dark corridors because depending on how big the theater is, you know the one I worked at had eight eight house eight theaters, you know eight movie houses. So there's lots of space and it has to be dark because otherwise the audience will see the light from the projection booth. So it's dark up there. And then you're watching a horror movie and then you have to undo the film. You have to tape the ends or you have to thread the, the film through the projector and start it, stop it, etc. And so you just watched a horror movie and it's dark and then you hear every little sound. So for me, I thought Candyman was coming to get me when I was up there. I was like, oh my gosh. And then you're working late. Let's say if you the movie gets out at 12 or if you have midnight shows, you're not getting out till two or, or afterwards. And then you have to walk. Let's say if you're at the very end of the projection line, you're at theater number eight. And then you have to walk all the way back to the stairs. And 
There might be more than one staircase. There was in this instance. But I got to tell you, it was dark. It was dark as hell up in there. It really was. So watching Candyman and then turning off that that movie theater, you know, that projection projector at night and then having to shut all the other ones off and having to make that long, dark walk. And I, I swear to God, there was rats in there. There's probably rats in there. Yeah, it was crazy. So maybe that's why Candyman is kind of stuck in my mind. But I'm telling you what. Yeah, yeah, kind of creepy, kind of creepy. So anyway, just wanted to leave that with you. Uh, going back to what I said when I analyze these gothic horror movies, I'm going to apply my gothic horror trope test. In other words, I'm going to talk about the different tropes. I think there's nine of them that I kind of discovered. And I'm going to talk about the movie in relation to them. Now, a movie like Crimson Peak, which I mentioned was my number, I want to say it was number three on my list. Uh, that one's easy because it has all the gothic tropes just laid throughout. But a movie like Candyman, which takes place in... In, in a modern urban environment, it's one of those films that you kind of have to look at and then say, okay, do those tropes work? Are these, you know, how do I apply this to something that's not, that's not crumbling castles or something that's old fashioned? So with that in mind, we talk about Candyman. Now, it's one of those films that I've rewatched a lot. And I rewatched it during Halloween season and I still love it. Uh, but what I realized is that it was layered with almost every one of the gothic gothic tropes that I was looking for. I mean, I, it was weird because I was thinking about this podcast and thinking about gothic tropes and I was I'm working on a novel, uh, a gothic romance novel, so it's gothic, gothic, gothic all the time. So when I was re-watching Candyman, it just jumped right out at me. I went, oh my gosh, this has all the gothic tropes that I've been looking at and studying about. So with that in mind, I thought, you know what, this would be a perfect film to talk about uh, for one of my episodes. Now let's talk about the tropes associated with the gothic genre again. And again, these are not in order. These are not in any kind of order. First, we have the grotesque. And then we have dark subject or dark subject matter. Another one is that there is the supernatural or creatures are often involved. Gothic environments are a trope. And these can be desolate, remote, crumbling castles, haunted mansions, haunted houses, basements, underground lairs, etc. Women in distress is another trope. Again, this is not a trope that I like, just to be clear. I don't want to see women in distress all the time, but this is one that seems to be very prevalent in gothic horror and gothic romance. There's a sense of isolation or remoteness in the character's mind, and it could be true isolation. The character could be away from civilization somewhere. There is suspense, mystery, tension, and fear. There are heightened and or exaggerated emotions. There could be a character or characters who possess some kind of psychic link, connection, or ability to the events. And then there's often gothic or formalized language. Now, for my purposes, as I mentioned before, if the majority of these show up in the film, then I'm calling it gothic. It doesn't matter if it's taking place in space, underground, on the far side of the moon, whatever it is, I'm going to call it gothic. Um, so now let's dig into Candyman. When I watch gothic horror or gothic romance movies, uh, I believe, for me, atmosphere is a major thing which draws me into the film. And from the opening credits, Candyman 1992 has a great gothic atmosphere. It's a, what I would call a masterclass in visual filmmaking because there's a long flyover 
and it's and the whole scene is saturated with this ominous choral music and for me it kind of sets the stage and it gives it to the film an eerie gothic vibe i mean like right off the start and then it's, it's basically going through chicago over i don't know much about chicago but it looks like it's going over a major highway through all these buildings and it's a very very slow painting shot of people who are impatient it might make them crazy but i love it i love it but then with the music it, it's fantastic but it, it, it really sets the mood and it signals it signals to me that it's gothic in some way now talking about the tropes as i was watching Candyman again i actually took notes and i was writing down when i saw a trope and i was like oh my god here's this one so there's the grotesque because there are brutal brutal murders that are happening in the Cabrini Green Housing Tower. Now, if you don't know anything about Chicago in, well, before the, I think maybe mid-2000s, they already tore Cabrini Green down. They did redevelopment. But, um, and again, if you're from Chicago, please clarify this. You can, you know, let me know what I'm missing here. But in this story, there are these murders that are happening, and these are like these housing towers. And when I looked at the housing towers, I thought, oh, wow, that is the modern interpretation of a castle. A, a castle, even though it's in broad daylight, a lot of this film takes place in broad daylight, which is different. And you might think, oh, well, Gothic movies take place in the dark, you know, at nightfall. But no, no, I mean, it doesn't take anything away. As a matter of fact, it almost makes it more eerie that it, that it takes place in daylight. And of course, the dark subject matter is that there are murders, really brutal murders taking place. I don't give away too much, but the opening scene is pretty brutal and there is a lot of bloodshed and it really sets the stage you're like oh wow okay we're going here and because Candyman, he's a mythological creature and that means that there is going to be the supernatural that's involved and what i love about this film is it, it kind of explores and talks about the mythology of Candyman and how he's a supernatural entity or you know is he a ghost is he an entity i don't really know exactly what he is an apparition but he's haunting the Cabrini Green Cat Towers and actually beyond. Okay, the Gothic environment. Now, I kind of just mentioned this, but that Cabrini Green housing tenements, they're isolated, they're decaying, there's urban blight, they're very ominous. And Bernard Rose, when he shoots them, it seems like he shoots the towers where you're looking up at the towers or you're looking across at them and they seem to dominate the landscape. They dominate the entire frame. And I know that's no accident. He's a great filmmaker. And of course, this environment, you know, it's its an urban environment in Chicago, so it's dangerous and it's crime-ridden. But the towers, is, they're kind of reminiscent of the haunted crumbling castles and mansions and manors in, you know, any Dracula movie that you might see, you know, your Universal Hammer films, or almost any sort of gothic horror and gothic romance movie or film or, or even a book if you're reading. Women in Distress, here's another one. Helen Lyle, played by the fantastic Virginia Madsen, she's a grad student, and she is the protagonist, and she's the one who's in jeopardy from Candyman's kind of supernatural influence. Now, this is not going to be a spoiler sort of review, and again, this is not a review of the film in of itself. This whole podcast, you know, I'm going to be ta I talk about gothic tropes in relation to the films that I'm looking at, so I'm not going to say, oh, this film was good, the film was bad, I gave it two thumbs up. I mean, yeah, I might say I loved it. Of course, I'm going to say that. You know, I'm going to talk about films that I enjoy, but what I'm, I'm, I'm not giving like a breakdown 
of the plot points and this and that like you can get on other reviews that's not the case we're going to talk about just the gothic tropes on this channel now i want to talk about the sense of isolation or remoteness in a character's mind as the events of this film spin out of control helen becomes more and more isolated at first you always see her with her friend her fellow graduate student bernadette and then there's this little boy that comes along and her fiance, Trevor, I think his name is, and his name is, and he's not a nice Trevor like my son. He's he's an awful dude. But then as the film moves into it's probably the middle of its second act, and definitely by the third act, she is completely alone. And this mirrors what happens to protagonists in gothic horror and gothic romance films, TV shows, and books. They're always isolated. And as they're isolated, sometimes they start to think, oh, is this all in my mind? Am I imagining this? Is there really a ghost in this house? Here's another trope. Suspense, mystery, tension, or fear. This film is filled with all of the aboves because there's the mystery of who's killing these people? Who is Candyman? And then there's suspense as as things happen. Then there's tension. The tension ratchets up all the way through the film, especially once it hits the second and third act, everything continues to ramp, ramp up, and the people in Cabrini Green are terrified of Candyman. And later in the film, there's actually fear of Helen. People are afraid of Helen for reasons I don't want to say here. Again, I'm not going to spoil that if you have not seen it. And due to all this, there are heightened and or exaggerated emotions. Many of the characters in this movie express heightened emotional states or distress. I mean, of course, you know, people are terrified, people are dying. So, of course, there's that. And Helen, in this one, Helen Lyle, she is responsible for conjuring up Candyman. And during this film, they begin to share a psychic connection or a psychic link. And then this allows Candyman to manipulate events through Helen. Again, I don't want to spoil anything. Again, I will never spoil any of the films that I'm talking about because I really want you to go watch these movies and watch them with uh, a critical eye and enjoy them. So if I spoil them, you know, that, that does nothing for anybody. The other thing I want to talk about is that there is gothic language because Candyman, even though the film is set in the present day or then present day because it was 1992, but, you know, it was a contemporary setting. Candyman was an educated artistic black man from the 1800s, and he speaks in a formalized gothic, what I call gothic formalized language. His, his, he's very eloquent. He's very articulate. And also, that was amazing for me to see this this really handsome black man who was articulate. He, he wasn't a thug, and the way he spoke, the way he carried himself, he was just amazing. Just too bad, too bad he had to be a bad guy. But then again, going back to the other, he was the other, and we'll get to that later on. So now let's talk about the good about Candyman 1992. Almost everything in this film. I love it. I love the acting. I love the set pieces. Everything feels like it's ripped from the gothic tradition. But also, it's firmly set in contemporary Chicago of then, of course, of the 90s. Tony Todd, he understands the gothic mythological figure that he's playing. And it really, really comes across in his performance. Every line that he speaks feels to me as if it was torn from the pages of a gothic romance or gothic horror novel and also he's a theatrically trained actor and I remember hearing him talk about 
his process for digging the Candyman, and that's how he kind of approached it. I would love to have Tony Todd in here one day. Maybe I will. Um, and then also, I felt the sadness that oozed from the, his character. His character's name is Daniel Robitaille. Robitaille? Robitaille? I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. And kind of when we learn the fate that he suffered, it, it makes him more sympathetic. I mean, sure, he's still doing horrible things, and he's killing people. But like all the monsters, all the others, there's a reason behind his pain and his rage. And you can identify once you find out, and it's just awful. And you know, like I mentioned before, I tend to identify with the others. So even as there's people, they're like, oh, we have to kill this creature. I'm like, yeah, but he's kind of awesome. I mean, like Godzilla's awesome. I don't know, Frankenstein's monster's awesome. The werewolf, Wolfman, he's awesome. So I kind of identify with Candyman, but yeah, he's doing some not so nice things. And another good thing about this film, and this isn't all the good, it's just some things that kind of jumped out at me, is that I, I love Virginia Madsen's portrayal of Helen Lyle. She's a heroine. She's proactive. She's digging into the mythology. She's empathetic. You know, she's really trying to find out what's going on, and really, she really wants to help the community up there. Does that go too far? And, you know, is it worth it in the end for her? I won't say because, again, I'm not going to spoil it. Let's talk about the bad. I, I hesitate to say the bad, but the things that could be, that, that detracted from the film for me a bit. And there's so much to kind of discuss, starting with the problematic trope of every black person in this movie, except Cassie Lemon's character, Bernadette, who does get killed, but that's another trope for another day. Almost every black person is portrayed as poor, mostly uneducated, or a violent criminal. Candyman, Daniel, I mean, he's he's educated, we can tell when he speaks, but then he's still killing people. So that's where I kind of have some issues with this film. As much as I love it, I can't unsee these things now as I as I'm older. So again, I still love this film, but that just definitely jumps out to me. And I don't know why Bernard Rose made those choices and if I ever am able to talk to him maybe get him on the show I'm definitely going to ask him you can bank on that and here's another one this is going to be uncomfortable but it kind of seems like there's a bit of the white savior trope that's alive and well and this kind of happens in some films I mean um, some of my favorite movies Tom Cruise The Last Samurai he's the only one who lives I mean I, and I love that film so there's a bit of that but then again I think this one is different. It, 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 I think it falls into that, but then it kind of reverses course a bit. And again, I, I was going to talk about some other things, but I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. So I, I am going to say that the community that lives in Cabrini Green, they do rally together to rid themselves of Candyman's bloody legacy. I'll say that, but I'm not going to say how they do that. So that's why I'm saying they kind of. It offers up those tropes, but then it kind of subverts it at the same time. So that's why, I mean, again, I'm, none of this is bad for me, but these are things that kind of stick out, and I'm just trying to be honest. Okay, and then there's also, there's something I wondered about, and I don't want to give away too much of Candyman's backstory, but, I, you know, I, I'm thinking, if he was the victim of racism, and I'll just say that because, again, you, if, when you watch the story, you'll see why. 
why is he plaguing his own community? Why is he terrifying the people in his own community? I don't know. And again, maybe I'm not the one to answer that, but I want to just leave you with that question. So if you watch it and then you chat with me, if you email me or you leave me a review or you, uh, I put, I'm going to put these episodes. Oh, something else. I'm going to put these episodes up on YouTube. So if you leave some comments on YouTube, I'll read them. And then if you say, hey, you know what? Maybe he's doing it because of this. I mean, that that's that's cool. I would love to know your reasonings because I have not figured that out yet. You know, and I think I need to watch it again. Um, you know, it's, it's a great film. Uh, but again, there are some problematic things in there for me. So my verdict, Candyman, 1992. I think it's a great gothic horror movie. It's filled with all the tropes that I consider to be gothic horror. Just all of them. It's a great example of gothic horror. It's kind of transplanted from the dungeons, the basements, the castles, and the mansions of Victorian times, and it's overlaid into a complex urban environment. But even so, I think it retains the power of gothic horror storytelling. And I think it even amplifies them up, for me, making it a modern gothic horror masterpiece. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but if you have not seen Candyman ever, go watch it. If you've seen it, but you haven't seen it in a long time, rewatch it. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Next week, um, it's going to be a little bit of a heartbreaker. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite gothic horror movies, which was not on my list, which I completely forgot to put on. I'm going to talk about The Crow, uh, the movie with Brandon Lee from 1994 and the graphic novel. And um, I've been thinking a lot about grief, and I'll tell you why next episode. But that that should be the next one that I'll drop. And you can listen to this anywhere you listen to your podcast. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify or Amazon or wherever it might be. If you're liking this content, again, this is just my second episode. But I really want to try to give you some value. So if you like this podcast and where it's going and it'll continue to evolve, please leave a review wherever you listen and I would really, really appreciate that. And I will try to do my best to give you some food for thought. So with that, fellow Gothics, take care of yourselves. And as always, be kind to one another.